This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you're listening to this, it is more than likely Friday, December 11th. What? What? And we are recapping the Patriots-Rams Thursday night football game. If you were hoping that Bill Belichick would put together some magic and (laughs) find his way back into the playoff hunt, you were sorely disappointed because the Rams won 24 to 3. By the way, I, I, you know, I don't know what, actually, you know what I do know? I know that Larry Hartstein on the new podcast Powered by Sportsline, the early edge. He said, you need to bet the under. And, of course, we told you this on the Pick 6 podcast preview for the Thursday night game to take the under as well. Get your gambling information wherever you need to get it. But the fact of the matter is, it hit. You want to leg up on your bookmaker? We have you covered the Early Edge podcast, powered by Sportsline every day. You can join Jonathan Coachman and an expert crew of Sportsline handicappers to break down the biggest games of the day. Every episode is 10 minutes or shorter, just like this podcast, and is in your feed by 11. I can't can't even say it in a straight face. In your feed by 11 a.m. Eastern. If there's a sharp side to your action, you'll be armed with it. Go check out the Early Edge podcast anywhere. Podcasts are found. I'm not even sure if I was supposed to read that promo before this. But I will now welcome on Ryan Wilson, who was not with us for the Tuesday night recap, and Tyler Sullivan. Saleh, what's up, what's buddy? On? What's going on? You know, this is the second time I've been on for a Patriots recap of sorts, and they've lost both times. So it, I'm really just not doing well. Or if you, if we know this ahead of time, maybe we should play some bets going into it. Yeah, we should have bet on the Rams. Betting on the Pats to take care of business was a bad idea. This was, I mean, this was a, a beatdown. This is a beatdown. Yeah. That's all it was. Cam Akers, the rookie running back for the Rams, ran 29 times for 171 yards on a Bill Belichick defense. Jared Goff only had to attempt 25 uh, passes, 137 yards. He was he was fine. They did enough with him. The Rams kicked the Patriots' ass on the offensive and defensive line, and that was the that to me that is the story. Do you agree? Absolutely. 100%. I mean, you know, I think a lot of, you know, because I know a bunch of people picked the Patriots to kind of come up with the upset and all that. You know, you're, you're praising your hand there. Well, I, I, I didn't. I, I knew that the Rams were going to come into this. And I think there was a lot to be said about, you know, oh, wow, the Patriots are back. They're doing it in all three phases. They just put up 45 points against the Chargers. And it just felt like we were leaning too much on the Patriots are are turning the corner and not so much that the Chargers absolutely stink. They, they're just not a good football team. So <laughs> I, I think that that, you know, we're kind of finding its level here that it was just a, a, a 
you hit them right. You got a couple of special teams touchdowns in the, in the Chargers. They're just not a very good football team. Kind of a fool's gold 45 nothing win. And you saw it here on uh, Thursday night against the Rams. The, the, the Patriots just not, not a good effort at all. Kind of shockingly undisciplined too. I mean, we'll get more yeah. into it as we get in, as we kind of dive more into the game, but like, shockingly undisciplined we'll talk about cam but there was just a couple of things here too where it wasn't a, a great executed game overall from the patriots so yeah no and now you're looking playoffs outside looking in not that you were really you know on the inside track of it anyways but well you know. it's funny you should say that i forgot to let ryan you know, say hello to ryan I always hi ryan how you doing Sorry. Make a pod- we've been talking for 20 minutes before the podcast screaming about different things and i always feel bad if you make somebody wait to say hello so ryan i will introduce you uh, formally by saying that I think that the Patriots playoff push may be over. <laughs> Who's that dunk for? You or me? Me, me. Oh, yeah. I said the Patriots are going to make a playoff push. It was a laugh, oh, right? You've been, you've been pushing so many teams. I can't keep up with them. I know you're back. That's, on the... that's, that's the move, right? You exactly. just put everybody in. No, I learned it from historical figures just push. Of, of note in this country. Right. And if no, you can, right. if you can create enough chaos and you, you can push up. enough items, no one, no one actually knows what the hell you're talking about and they won't pay attention to you. Anyway, Ryan. So um, two, two things. The last time Sully was on, the Patriots actually beat the Jets, but it felt like such a, a loss that Sully. Oh, that's right. You're <laughs> Sully... right. I remember, I just remembered it being so dejected going right. into the, going into it. So I'm like, I, I definitely lost it. Right. It was the Jets. It felt like a loss, but, uh, and, Part two of what I was talking about while Sully, what I wanted to say while Sully was talking was that the actual loss last, what does it say about the Chargers who got a 45 burger hung on them by a team with a quarterback with no arms? I, exactly. I mean, that, that is, if you're Anthony Lynn watching this game tonight, you're going, Oh my God. Uh, I am not answering my phone. I'm not checking my emails. I'm just going to work. Uh, like I'm George Costanza to Seinfeld reference Sully. And like, I still have a job. I'm just going in there to keep my head down because this, this reflects so poorly on me. That I don't even want to think about it. But I think Sully's right that the amount of mistakes you saw from this Patriots team in one night is probably a decade's worth of mistakes that, that we've seen from this Patriots team uh, before this year. So, you know, anything that could go wrong has gone wrong for New England. Cam Newton is clearly just a shell of himself. Uh, Brinson, we were talking before. The- well, I mean, do we want to have this Cam discussion now? I mean, like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think this is fair. He's hurt. Cam is, Cam is hurt. And his receivers are in Kill Harry, who's not good. Demir Bird, who was a random addition, like a practice. I mean, like he was with Cam in, in, in Carolina before. So he played in, Cam. And Jacoby Myers, an undrafted free agent who I love as an NC State alum. Tom Brady is not having a good season with this Patriots team. This Patriots team, this Patriots offense from a skill position. Now, don't get me wrong. Cam's not playing well, but the offensive line isn't playing well either. It, like it's, it's sort of like the Wentz argument, except right. no well, one wants to talk about it because Belichick's involved. Well, let's do the math. Let's do the, the thing we always do. What is Cam? What's Cam's record in Kansas City right now? I mean, I think Andy Reid, Cam Newton wins 10 games. Okay, I'm just asking. Sully, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you're around that. I mean, listen, we're, we were talking about this Patriots team like 9-7 and seven before tonight now now i mean you put him with that offense around those skill position players you're probably winning double digit games well, but i think the better again, question is, the same what is, way what is tom brady's record on this patriots team well it's Whatever exactly it what you saw last year yeah, i mean right. the tail end yeah. of last year was was basically 
this this Patriots team it's, it's constructed. If not, it's, it was a little bit worse last year because of you know Damian Harris didn't really emerge. Kobe Myers wasn't what he was. Yeah. But you know to even prove that the point a little bit line more. Was better, I think. Right, right. The offense allowed a little bit better. But you know even if you look at these guys, I think every single one of these receivers is a tick above where you know they're being asked to do a tick above of where they should probably be placed. Like Jacoby Myers, probably a number three wide receiver, asked to be a number two, arguably a number one. You know, so you go down the list there. And the thing that struck me was the lack of awareness for a guy like Jacoby Myers, who was supposedly your top option. And this is something that you should be coaching. So it's it's on top of Jacoby Myers' lack of awareness, but also the lack of coaching. There, you know, on that only drive where they got points on the field goal, it was a third and eight. And Jacoby Myers runs a like a three yard you know slant on the it doesn't even go anywhere near the sticks. It's and, and you look around there was nobody around the first down marker. It's like okay clearly there's there's a lack of awareness of where everything is. So to me you know on it's it's Cam Newton clearly, but the talent around him it just doesn't really have it either. I mean I I don't. I don't think it's fair to, I mean, look, I get that Cam Newton is going to be judged and I understand it. And he hasn't been good. I'm not trying to prop Cam up for this season. The, the Patriots suck on offense, but Josh, like to me, it is, it is not dissimilar to what's going on in Philadelphia. But wait a second. Josh McDaniels has been awful this year, but I would imagine Debo would attest to as much. There has been, uh, you're defending Cam. No one's defending Carson Wentz outside of Debo. Everyone is ducking all over Carson. Debo, Debo, Dan Orlovsky. Outside of that, everyone is ducking. I think even Orlovsky at this point is giving up the guys. Debo's the only one left on the bus. He was like, he's going to turn it around. It's like, I mean, he's just lying dead on the field in the middle. Yeah. Anyway. Well, do you think it's, cause you're saying, you know, the, that it's just not good around him and Josh McDaniels has been terrible, but how much of it is Josh McDaniels calling kind of knowing what he has in Cam and, and, and limiting and, and limiting him. No, I think I think all of the things surround <clears throat> excuse me, surrounding this offense create problems for Josh McDaniels because he can't call the plays he wants to play. I mean even Julian Edelman being out is you know like that's he was so this, isn't one Josh, this isn't a Josh McDaniels thing. It's a personnel is not very good thing. Well and, and I think there's one more thing to this that is not being adequately discussed. And it's because Cam came into a situation and we did give it the, oh, Belichick got Cam. And I look guilty as charged here. We were like, oh, Belichick got Cam. Like they look great early on. This team's rolling. Cam came into a new team, his first new team ever on a, in a pandemic shortened off season when he didn't, what are you shaking your head at? That matters. There's what, zero time. What to, happened in Cam's rookie season? They came what? right off, they came right off the CBA. He had no time that summer. He came in and balled out in 2011. Dude, that is not the same thing. When it came signed with the Patriots. I don't know. It was July. Went, yeah, it was like July. Like it's, like there was, we were, on, year, every, we, a, were we were, we were locked better. down. That's a, all, okay. all, look, all I'm saying is that, all I'm it's saying December. is that How long does he need? I, I think, I think a lot of quarterbacks would need more time than that to adjust to a completely new system. All right. You should have brought that up in September. I feel like I've been bringing this up the whole time. Yeah, we'll that, that's fine. That's fine. Look, interceptions. Look, this is this is a bad Patriots team, and the Patriots. reason you know it's a bad Patriots team is that for the last five or six weeks, Bill Belichick, in fact, eight weeks maybe. So you when when you've been a Pats fan since you remember the one Super Bowl? We talked about this, right? Yep. You were. Like you, you were, you weren't old enough to drink. I was coherent. I was young, but that was coherent. Right, right. But you weren't like, yeah, you weren't like, yeah, not, not like drunk coherent. You were, um, at any he was, rate. He was eight. 
He's Sully's entire formation as a sports fan is is centered largely around the Bill Belichick Tom Brady era. When have you ever heard Bill Belichick make excuses for why his team sucks? Yeah, you don't really see it that much ever at all. And, and to me, you know, going back on the Cam thing quickly, though, I mean, we were talking about, OK, what would, you know, Cam Newton look like in Kansas City? But Kansas City, it's it's kind of, you know, you look at it from a Patrick Mahomes standpoint, saying that he fell in the perfect situation possible. Andy Reid, ton of weapons on offense. Cam Newton's kind of done the polar opposite here, as you were illustrating. Coming in during the pandemic, he got the coronavirus. I mean, he only missed one game. He's been a lot he, worse since he got the coronavirus. I'm not. Try to pin it on that, but he's been way worse. But, but I'm not even saying it from a, from a, you know, a physical or anything. I know there's reports that like he's dealing with an ab injury. I'm not even talking about that, but you're talking about just a dramatic loss of practice time. I mean, yes, he missed one game, but he missed like two weeks of practice, three weeks of practice. And, and when you're learning a system, especially with the Patriots, they're not kind of going to really slow down for anybody. They, they, they're kind of cruising along and it's game plan, you know, by week pretty much. And whatever you installed in week three, you can bring it back up in week five. But if you weren't there, you got to learn it all over again. It, 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 that, that is something that's tough. Again, I'm not making excuses for Cam Newton. I don't think he's been particularly great this year. I don't know if he'll be back here in 2021. We'll see how that goes. But it really, he hasn't really been given the, the easiest of roads at all. Well, and, and that's sort of my thing with Josh McDaniels too. And I, I guess I didn't do a good job of explaining it, but like, and Josh McDaniels has been to Denver and was a head coach and he was the Rams offensive coordinator with Sam Bradford, maybe his rookie year. So this is not saying that he's never had to deal with this. But he's never been on a Bill Belichick coach team where he had a quarterback that wasn't Tom Brady. I mean, like no one in New England has dealt with this and no one has dealt with, uh, this offseason. So I, I, I just think that we're unnecessary and Cam is hurt. His abdomen is screwed up. You heard Jay Glazer's report before the game that he's like, this is not Belichick playing games. Cam well, is busted up. Finisher, I hammered the cam under pass yards because finisher, finisher sentence. We're unnecessarily what? Unnecessarily just beating on Cam. It's like Cam's washed. Cam's washed. Like do we like it doesn't like he doesn't have a whole lot around him. He's it's not, not a good good. situation. And the Patriots aren't making the playoffs. He They're is not. He is not. But good. I'll ask, I'll ask you this, Will. I'll ask you this, Will. How many teams outside of New England would Cam Newton be starting for right now? Thank you. That's a good question. The Eagles. Oh, too far. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. I, I get, I get you're a Cam guy, but Cam's been truly terrible. Um, Brinson thinks I mean, the Eagles would win 13 games with Cam Newton. <laughs> I almost said the F word there. Just get that out of here. I would start um, Cam Newton over Russell Wilson. Okay. So would he start for the Dolphins? Nope. I wouldn't start him over Ryan oh. uh, Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't start him over Sam Darnold. At least, okay. They're 0 12, but sure. Um, what would they be? They would be. I mean, he was sort of a Brandon Allen, but he wouldn't sort of a Joe Burrow. Just, right. Just throwing that out there. Uh, would he start with Mike Glennon? Oh God. No, absolutely. Oh, Mike Glennon can push oh, the ball down the field. Oh, oh, the, oh. But that's the point. If we're talking about Mike Glennon, right. are you sure? So we're saying we're saying that the Jaguars. Here, I have one. I actually I like Mike Glennon better than this this name. Uh, Mr. Trubisky and or Nick Foles. Who you oh, start? Get, the, oh. get the out of here. You he, Cam is starting yeah, on the okay. Bears. Okay. Cam is definitely starting on the Bears. All right, there you go. Yeah. We found if, a team. If you go the Bears, you can go back five weeks and you can have Cam Newton. They're like, give us, give, give us Cam it, Newton, yeah. save All our right. jobs. Well, there you go. I don't know if he's going to save their jobs. At least Drew Lock. No, no. Because Drew Lock, if you want to push the ball down the field, Cam Newton is not your guy. 
Do, all right, if you gave Jerry Judy and um, Noah Fant, oh, well, I guess Courtland Sutton's hurt. KJ Handler, you put like all those guys are immediately top weapons on the on the right. And, and if you put the you know, you know Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, you know, maybe maybe, but still, you're talking about you know like this is a great example with this game. I think the second they went up. I don't know, maybe even 10 nothing. I was going to say 17 nothing after he picked six. It was over. There, there was no thought in my mind that Cam Newton was going to be able to throw them back in this game. And, and the way that Cam Newton is currently running this Patriots offense, they got to pretty much walk down the field, literally. There was, there was one score in the second half. Right. So I mean, the, the, the Patriots scored three points. They suck. They're not you, good. And you, you make up your mind. You just got finished saying we can't be dunking all over Cam. And now you're saying that the Patriots suck. But I mean, the, why? I'm saying that it's not Cam. The Patriots aren't cratering into oblivion because of Cam Newton. They're cratering yeah. into oblivion because of no one's Ed, saying that. That's what you're saying. I feel like no. I think what Sully's saying, and I agree with, is that there are deficits on every single part of this team: offense, defense, uh, special teams. Might be fine. This team know. isn't a nine-win team with Tom Brady. Probably not. No. Okay, no. I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, eight and eight seems reasonable, but oh, he's struggling, yeah, yeah. huh? Brady was awful on this team last year. They're six and seven right now. So eight and eight with Tom Brady's unrealistic. Right, fine, fine, whatever, eight and eight, that's fine. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the team that actually won the game twenty-four to three, the Los Angeles Rams. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so the Rams, that's a beatdown. Uh, it's one of those where my dad texts me like, man, this Rams defense, they might be pretty good. I can't add their top three in the league. Uh, they are top three in the league. I think I might have the number one. Uh, Saints. Saints and Rams, and I have a, a shocker for number three. God. The Jets. The Bills. The Bills are playing better. That's right. They're coming on. Uh, but I think, I think the Saints are the best defense in football, and I think the Rams are a not very distant second. And I am – extremely intrigued at the idea of the Rams being a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. I, I, I really like them. I really like them. I mean, I've been, I, I write a lot about, you know, Super Bowl odds every week. I do that story. And I've been, oh my bang- God, how awful is that story, Sully? It, it's, 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 it's very, the worst. It's, it's terrible. It's, I did it for three years and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And they, just, it doesn't it change. It, nothing Sorry. really changes, it, it, you know, but, but I will say this though, you know, the Rams, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, you know, I don't know, a month or so ago, they were like plus 2,200 to yeah. win the Super Bowl. And now they're starting to creep up. I believe that they were like plus 1,200 right now at William Hill. Mm. But like, th- I really like that. If, if, you know, I mean, you, ha- I think you have the Saints and the Packers above them in the NFC and it's the Chiefs. And, and the, the Saints and spot. Packers are like three to one and five right. to one. So, yeah. I, I, really would feel very confident if they are going into, you know, I wouldn't say really confident, but you tell me you're going in a game with Aaron Rodgers and for some reason it just, they just don't have it that, that day. Aaron Rodgers is kind of, you know, pissed off and he just gets into that mode and starts 
giving up and slinging it everywhere. Like, that's a game that they can win if Aaron Donald really disrupts it. So to me, I, I really like where they're going. Also, what the, what, and I, and I said this before the Cardinals, before they played the Cardinals. And this is why I love the Rams to beat the Cardinals as my biggest bet of the NFL season is that Jalen Ramsey's playing at an NFL a defensive player of the year level. And you can set him loose on a, any number one wide receiver in the league and feel confident that he's going to lock him down like 75% of the time at worst. So if you're the Packers, I'd be petrified about the Rams because you stink against a run and the Rams run the ball well. You're not great with guys floating around in coverage and the Rams are really good at making those passes. And more importantly, you lean on Devontae Adams. He is the alpha for your, for your offense in terms of being a playmaker. And if Jalen Ramsey locks down to Devontae Adams, the Rams could blow out the Packers in the playoffs. Yeah. They're not blowing them out. The I, game's, the game's going to be in Green Bay, number one. So that's, that's a huge, they're in LA, man. They're not used to playing in. Ooh, Jared Goff does suck in cold weather. That is true. No. And the thing is, I mean, this team is so hot and cold. I do love their defense a lot, and I do love when the running game gets going, and that makes Jared Goff good. But Jared Goff, I was surprised to see this graphic on on um, Thursday night. He is tied for the lead league in turnovers since 2019. Mm. He's tied with Daniel Jones, way past Carson Wentz. That's the concern. Weird. That's bad. Last two seasons, 2019-2020. Last two seasons. He's at 39. Yeah, a little cherry-picking there, I feel like. Wait, wait, how do they have more than Jer- James Winston? I guess James didn't play. He hasn't played this year. He's on the list. Well, that's what they had. Fine. That's cherry picking. What are you talking about? The last, what, what season? It would be cherry picking when I said 2016 and 2019 is well, when Jerry Goff. Well, if you go from 2018, I don't think Jerry Goff shows up. He had a bad 2019. All right, dude. I mean, the two most recent seasons, he's tied for the lead league in, in turnovers. I don't, I don't know why that's cherry picking. But, but what you're saying, but basically what you're he's saying is, last year. I don't think he's that bad this year. But it doesn't really matter. Whatever the case may be with the turnovers, it's what your concern is, is that the most important position on the Rams is probably their weakest area, which right. is probably, which is that, going to hurt you when you try to win a Super Bowl. If that was, it, if I, you know, that was a better way of a more eloquent way of stating what Ryan was trying to say. And, uh, you're both correct. If that's the case. In fact, uh, when we were talking about this on the, on the pregame, on the, on the preview podcast, it was like, it's like, I kind of want to bet the Patriots. But I don't want to, I don't want to do it because I need to see who, what Jared Goff shows up. Cause if good golf shows up, I want the Rams. And if bad golf shows up, I want the Patriots. And, and so to your point, you know what, Ryan? <laughs> You're right. You were right all along. I was wrong. The Patriot, like the, the Rams, if bad Jared Goff shows up in the playoffs, adios amigo. And that interception was a terrible interception. You can't throw behind the receiver. The shit almost was a pick six. You can't throw it behind the receiver uh, on a little out there if you're Jared freaking golf. I mean, those are the things that probably uh, encourage Sean. And you could tell Sean McVay, who was incredibly conservative, even though, even though he's, you know, a super genius like um, Kyle Shanahan, he did not want to go for it on this fourth than once. I, I think he was concerned <laughs> about a lot of things, and it starts with Jared Goff. He was petrified of those four downs. It was and, and as much as we're talking about, you know, how promising the, the Rams are, there were times, at least early in that game, or at least coming out of halftime, where I'm like, this game, like, could be close. Like, if, if the Patriots just weren't inept offensively, you're talking about a 10-10 game going into the half, or, or at least something along those lines. You, Sully, it reminds me of, ironically, the game between the Pats, excuse me, the Rams and the Buccaneers. 
on Monday night where Sean McVay kind of tried to step on the Bucks' throats and Goff ended up throwing a terrible interception and brought Tampa Bay right back in there. And I think erroneously McVay was worried about doing that against Cam and, and the Pats when this was the spot to go for it. But I think he, he saw the environment. He's like, look, we're just going to run acres 30 times. And I mean, they drafted he ran 40 yards on the first drive or whatever it was. I mean, he, he, he you could have it. You had it all day it, yeah. for some, for some reason because the Patriots recently have been okay against the run. Yeah. You know, Lawrence Guy, uh, Byron Cowart, like they've, they have guys that can kind of stuff the run, but man, it was, I don't know if they were overcommitting to Cup and to, and, and to Woods and, and all those guys, but it was just, it was just an, an ass kicking. It was bad. It, it was, it was a butt kicking. Um, not, so as bad as, not as bad as the 45-0 butt kicking the Chargers took, but. Well, no, I mean, that's a very, that's a very NFL thing. You know, you go from the like Pats very, 45 nothing. I feel like it's a very Chargers thing, and that's the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. And, you know, I thought, I think there's the interesting narrative here too. We'll get out of here in a second, but the, the fact that, you know, Aaron Andrews, I don't know if you guys saw that pregame interview. Mm-mm. So she interviews McVeigh and she's inside SoFi Stadium. And he's on a Zoom call on the banner. On the Jumbotron? On the cool. No, like wrapping around the whole stadium on like 17 TVs. It's very bizarre. She's like, I'm in your house, Sean. What's going on? And then she's talking to Michael Strand about a tequila bar. It was, it was, it was a very Fox uh, interview and that's fine. Um, but she, she, you know, when you do these interviews, they're not spontaneous. It's not like Sean McVay shows up and Aaron Andrews asks him five questions. He had no idea is coming. This is pre-planned. They have pre-pro meetings, all of that. So any questions that Sean McVay was asked in this interview were clearly or obviously cleared by the Rams. And she said, Sean, I want to ask about that conversation with Bill Belichick at the Super Bowl. And there was like a two to three minute thing on that. And McVay made it very clear. He's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like in awe of Belichick. And I think you could kind of see that in the second half. Like he felt like he was getting not the monkey off his back, but sort of like, all right, look, y'all need to understand like Bill Belichick ain't got some like mind control on me. Did it, did you, anybody else feel that in the telecast and maybe even the way McVay handled things? He was up 14 and he goes forward on fourth and one down to the goal line. Like, like I, I get why you go, but I feel like he could have kicked there. I, mean, I felt maybe. like I was just, I just, I just felt like. He was kicking himself the the forty five minutes after it was clear that game was well in hand that he wasn't more aggressive in the Super Bowl because so I felt like he was starry eyed and he did he did not change and tonight he ran a lot of twelve personnel because he's eleven personnel guy a lot of two tight ends on the field and as Sully just noted they steamrolled the the Patriots from Jump Street on, in the run game and part of me wonders as a competitor he's like God, what, what was I doing two years ago just blew an opportunity yeah that's kind of exactly what I was going to say it, it's. I think he, again, like you were saying, Will, he, it's all designed. That's all going to, he knows the question's coming. If not, he probably even said, he's Hey, cautious. you can ask me about this. You know, no, no, if he's like, if they're like, Hey, Sean, we want to do this. He's like, no, exactly. But like, I, I think he wanted to get it out there. And that's get what ready. I mean. I think he might've even prompted it to say, Hey, listen, ask me about it. I want to get, get this over with. Cause you know, that was not the best look for him after that Super Bowl. Was, again, I think, I, I think a little, a little bit was overmade. I mean, listen, you can, you could, Give a nod to a guy that's been in the league for a long time. Clearly, you can you can do that. But when you when you lose a Super Bowl like that, and all of a sudden you're kissing his butt, I mean, it's it's not a great look. So maybe it was a prompted thing and say, "Hey, listen, 
ask me about it. And if it's in his mind during a, a pre-production meeting, it's certainly going to be in his mind in the second half of a game where he's like, Hey, listen, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll undress you if I really need to. And I, and I'll run it if I, you know, if I please. I mean, I'm trying to think of like the, the comp here, but it's like, you know, like Sully, like you go to, um, like you go to like, you know, like, like Tom Curran's been doing this. I'm not saying Tom Curran's Bill Belichick or anything, but like Tom Curran's been doing this, this game for, you know, 30 years, 20, 30 years or whatever it is. And like you're, you're set up for a debate with Tom Curran. You go in there, you're like, Tom, I, Tommy, I, I love you. You're great. Like you've been doing it forever. Watch you as a kid. He's like, I'm going to forget it. Oh, I just said never. <laughs> I like Tom Curran. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I would. I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that hard as well. Poor Debo. Sorry, Debo. Right at the end too. I know at the end. Debo's. I was just thinking. I was. I was. In fact, I was quoting Tom. I love Tom. You went. You went full like eight mile on him. I really did. I'm gonna take this guy. I'm just thinking. Like I. Like I can't help but think that's what Belichick, in his mind at the Super Bowl, was like. Are you like? We're winning. He's, I think he's like, we're winning this Super Bowl. And I think coming back to this, so much was made of it going into this Thursday night, week 14 game. And the Rams are in great shape and the Patriots are desperate. And, and like, this is a perfect spot if you're Sean McVay. If anything, as you point out, he may have, like, it's almost better to prop it up, like make it a big thing. Cause if you win the game against this lame duck Pats team, all of a sudden, you've squashed that entire narrative for the rest of time. And not only do you do that, but you do it as, you know, the, the big takeaway being, are the Rams a legitimate Super Bowl contender? So you're kind of doing doing both. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, um, yeah. Sorry. I was going to ask Sally. So, Sally, who, who's the, the Patriots quarterback for the rest of the season? I think probably now you just see what you have in Stidham, right? I mean, you know, I think Belichick has always said, you know, throughout this season, Cam Newton gives us the best chance to win – you know, so we're going to ride with Cam Newton. That perfect logic, totally fine, totally get it. Now, now Belichick, Belichick did just say Cam's our quarterback. Okay, to so maybe this is all a moot point, but I, I, I think, agree with you for the record. But that's what he said. But and that's fine. So sure, it might be Cam the rest of the way, and that's that, that's totally fine. But I think at some point the Patriots will have to go into an evaluation mode, whether it's when you're mathematically eliminated or or whatever it's going to be. And you're going to go into an offseason where you have a ton of cap space. Quarterbacks will be available. You're going to have probably the highest draft pick that you've had in a long time. And you drafted a guy in the fourth round a couple of years ago in Jared Stidham. You might as well see what he can do because he's never had an actual NFL start. I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. Are Just asking the question, are we ever going to see Jared Stidham actually get a shot? Because the only times we've seen him is he's coming in for Cam Newton and, you know, when they're getting either, you know, blowing out somebody or they're getting blown out. And or he's coming in against the Jets when Tom Brady's kind of done doing his thing, has no real, you know, time to prepare with the ones or anything like that. So to me, I would be curious to see what Jared Stidham would look like. You got to finish that story, um, Sully. He comes in against the Jets and what happens? Oh, he throws the pick six. He, yeah. He, and then the, Tom has to put his clothes back on and get back the, out there. But that's the thing, you know, and he's done that well. I mean, really, he was not great, um, in any of his spots he, he other than the Chargers game. He wasn't, I mean, like, he was under siege tonight against the Rams. Right. I was seven and, for 27 yards. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I just don't, you know, I don't know what he looks like. And, and I thought what was telling to me last, last week, and I think what one was one of the bigger takeaways from that game, outside, you know, one of the, more true testaments was when he came in in that game, the Patriots were not handing the ball off to Sony Michelle or, or Damian Harris and just kind of running out the clock. 
they were running play action. They were throwing. They were seeing what he looked like in live action in a game where, you know, if you're talking about the, you know, unwritten rules of the NFL, (laughs) you're not supposed to do that. Like, so clearly they are interested to see what he looks like. And I I would be curious to see what he would look like as with a week with the ones and and actually starting the game. Because we haven't seen that yet from him. I mean, he spent a fourth round pick. You might as well see. Because if he's great, or, or at least something that's relatively interesting. Maybe you 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 go after Ryan Fitzpatrick in the offseason you, and you really give Stidham the, the the shot there and see what it looks like. And instead of using that top first-round pick on a quarterback, you're bringing in a defensive guy to lead that defense or, or another key area where you can go after him. So the Pats are 6-7 and seven now. Indianapolis is the seventh seed at 8-4. and four. Vegas and Baltimore at 7-5 and five ahead of the Pats. I mean – I do, I do think that it, I do think that Cam probably gives the Patriots a better chance to win football games than Jared Siddham. And I agree with the idea that Jared Siddham, you should look at him and see what you have so you can make your decisions this offseason. I think Belichick is probably too geared to like winning week to week to go with Stidham. Well, it's not only that. It, you know, yes, there's the, the, the motto of just wanting to win to keep yourself competitive and keep yourself in the race. But, you know, Bel- this is the other the other thing about Belichick too is that he's still trying to climb up the all time wins list, and and that is something that you that I think that he's aware of. Oh yeah, you know. So I mean, he's talking about you know you know pa- I think he passed what was it uh, Tom Landry for the most games coached last week, and he's talking about that. Like clearly, he's mindful of it. He'll never really admit that he's kind of watching the scoreboard, but he's very aware of it. And if all of a sudden that I mean that's probably why part of the reason why they didn't tank like. He is not, he doesn't want a losing season because it would hurt his reputation for Tom Brady, but also it would drastically put him behind the eight ball of trying to climb that ladder. Cause he's, he's, though. uh, at, uh, I, well, they lost tonight, so it doesn't matter. He's 49 behind Don Shula. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, that's actually a great point, Sully. He, he, <laughs> little Stevie ain't getting the controls until he, he gets to 329. Like he is, he's not walking away from this game with less wins than Don Shula. He's just not going to do it. He's got enough left in the tank. He's juiced up. He's got like, he's not, you know, his kids are all grown up. He's got a new lady. He's got that cute dog. Like he's not, Nike's hanging around. He's playing golf in the off season up in, uh, what, uh, Westershire or, uh, uh, what, what's the, uh, the, what's the Western? island? What's the no, island? It's Nantucket, but Nantucket. Nantucket. Yeah. Nantucket. That's <laughs> an awful false accent. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I agree. I, I think that's a great point. He is not walking away from professional football until he has th- at minimum 330 wins. That matters to him. Think about all the times in the past three to four years he's done these NFL films. Like he's let them mic him up and he's done these sit-ins with Eisen and Brady and Collinsworth. Like he's obsessed with the history of the game and he wants to be the greatest coach of all time and he doesn't want it to be a probably the greatest coach of all time. He wants it to be like Brady. He mm-hmm. is the greatest coach of all time. He's not doing a great job this year, but he is winning enough games to, to, to eat up some, eat up some clock and maybe get to the next season. All right. It's a big takeaways. Rams Super Bowl contender. Yep. Pat suck. Yep. Sully. I agree. Wilson. I agree. And, and Cam, Cam's trash. Cam. Oh, is Cam going to get like nuke torched by Fel- Felger and Maz tomorrow on 98.5 the sports hub? Probably. I love Felgram Maz. I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do the Tommy Curran eye to eye with them too. I interned for them. But, oh no, no, yeah. no. I, I I do ninety eight five with uh Toucher and Rich every Tuesday morning. They're the best favorite, but they're yes, the best. Yes. But yes, they will rip him because that's what they do and it's great.
Felger, I could do without, honestly. Come on. Felger, Felger is like, it's like, this guy's like in a lab, like crafting Boston hot takes to drop on the radio. The no, best. Tony's an awesome dude. I'm sure Felger's the same way. He's like more low key than he actually is in the, on the radio. Boston, Boston 95 is a fantastic radio station. Go listen to it tomorrow. It'll be hot takes if you like Cam Newton. If you didn't get enough on this podcast. At Tyler Sully on Twitter, at Ryan Wilson underscore O seven on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. At Ryan Wilson CBS on Twitter. I'm Ryan has uh, new mock drafts coming out all the time. Thank you guys. A great show as always. Oh my God. It's our last. Show. Oh, uh, check out the, the picks feed, best bets feed, uh, in, or best bets podcast in the feed. That will be our la- our 11th show of the week. I'm not doing anything until Sunday night. If somebody gets fired, y'all can do it yourselves. See you later.